Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't get here by myself. I had to do what God told me to do. I, had, I left my denomination. I got called on the carpet because I spoke in tongues and prayed for the sick in my church. The head-ups, you know, they, act, they act, ridiculed me, act like I'm a dumb young preacher. And they're so smart, they all had doctorates then. I didn't. But I said, well, you know, this is what we say we believe, the Baptist faith and message. I'm going to read you a paragraph. We believe in the Holy Ghost and His gifts. That's all I'm saying. They said, well, that's not what we meant. I said, then you shouldn't have wrote it. I'm not a hard man to get along with, but I do stand my ground when it comes to spiritual things. And I read an Episcopalian's book to get filled with the Spirit. I'm going to give him a big hug when I get to heaven. I'll tell you, Dennis Bennett, and they persecuted him too, moved him all over the country, tried to sit down and shut down his church, he just exploded and went all over the world, get people filled with the Holy Ghost. We thank Episcopalian. you for the operating in the fullness tonight, Father. We thank All you for the power that's changing lives hats, today, Father. And candles. We give you glory and honor and praise, Father. But there was Father. something deeper with him, in. even though we he was an Episcopalian. We enter in for revival, Father God. I can't even spell God. that word. We enter in for the refreshing tonight, Father God. You can be God. We enter in tonight. Hallelujah. We enter in tonight. Well, we I tell you, I, tonight, I, 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 I know, Pastor, you already said everything I was going to say. I want to encourage you to be bold today, amen. Take a hold of something. This something you know, I, I'm not teasing when I, I said that anointing's on him. Go ahead and preach. I just soon sit down and flag him tonight. on. Yell at you him. You got some grit about you tonight, some tenacity about you tonight. Praise God. We'll get into some meetings like that eventually. We'll, we'll we worship you tonight for what you have in store, Father God. We receive what you have in store. We have a hunger about us tonight, Father. We have an expectation about us tonight. Phenomenal. And we receive all that you have tonight. Praise God. God's really helped me. And all the ministry of health here, parking I, lot, the food, these just never, all the awesome greeters, you know, last you just nights, but I just have a feeling about how much more, amen. All these preachers how much more? That. That's just been my mentality. So how I much more is in store tonight? Praise God. Praise Wonderful. God. Do you receive that tonight? Yeah, I haven't ever had Can you greet somebody beside you? Praise God. But I did watch the Cuban people come on a cattle truck, ladies fully dressed. High heels and hose. I couldn't believe it. It's at over 100 degrees. We're going to cram ourselves into a Cuban church, which American, we get 50 in there. They had 180 with a low 10 roof, and it was over 100 degrees outside. No fans, no AC. Oh, my goodness. It made me repent for having air conditioning. And at, at, no, but I mean, well, some of my people, you know, people Lord that are carnal. Saints. They normally don't tell me Ms. that because I'd slap them probably, you know. That? Well, the, the seats, you know, are, huh? yeah, but you got comfortable seats. We sat on a plank, didn't we, Mike? Mike Rabel and I, some of y'all think he was like having some kind of a sunstroke. He said that we just have a I want to help you because the truth will set you free. Come on now. True story. Praise the Lord. It's not And I sent Richard to get us some bottled water. Go get Mike and nice some bottled water because we were going to preach. And, uh, you got a flame on the inside of you, praise God. You got to count them beating you too. Before you, before anyway, you blame it on the atmosphere, so you got to count them too. 
Come on now, you got to fire that God meeting, in you, amen. He said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Come on now, you got to be able to take a look, he, come on now. You got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on now. Amen. Praise God. We do have the fan on. You fan as much as you want. Praise God. I'm thinking about Dr. Jacob. He said he went down to Cuba. I'll never forget the Cuban story as long as I live. See, y'all didn't even dress like Cubans because they don't wear suit and ties and all of that because they plan on throwing down for Jesus. We're going to get all hey, man, every time they come. Tonight, Amen. They don't I, I have, do they don't have air conditioning and all that stuff and carpet. Dr. Jones said he had a tin roof. Tonight. Is that right? A tin roof give, and the sun would beat down on the tin roof and the climate the they live in is hot all the time. And he talked about women that would jump up on a flatbed truck, hold on the railing, have baby in purse in one hand, just going to Jesus. And no, it's going to be hot when they get there. Some of y'all might get a surprise. Is, you didn't know it, praise lady, God. But I anyway, so you much in, you just, remember, just be thankful you ain't in Cuba right now. But anyway, they were holding on to the rail. The and then he said, he, he, the woman she that got such a profound the, prayer warrior. Mike, you, and she said here, Brother Mike, you were there too, wasn't you? Matter of fact, you want to take them to Cuba, praise God. <laughs> anyway, they, they were in Cuba, and, and, uh, like what and he said when the prayer started, him, it was one comment, lady that got his attention. Avoid the common fault she of pushing the other God. world into the future. With such passion, it's not in the future; it's in the present. She began to praise him it in her own puddle familiar, of sweat. Uh, physical world and the door between yeah. the two worlds in a big is open. True story. Praise God. Big I'm puddle you, of sweat. There's another world that exists Amen. Here. You know, Jesus looks at the whole body of Christ. I mean, I, I hammer he, that just don't is, he just don't Angel have, you know, blinders on. He's just looking at the American church. That unseen world. It's not He's unreal. looking at the church that don't have everything you have, don't have the clothes you have, don't have the transportation you have, don't have the building and carpet you have. Come on now. Sometimes we forget, but we got to think about, we got we to think about the praise that's going up everywhere. Amen. We got to think about the thankfulness that's going up everywhere. Amen. Somebody don't have as much as I have. Amen. It's got a praise. Amen. It's got a thankfulness. There's got a worship. Amen. There's got a devotion. Amen. I got to think about all Y'all looking sharp to tonight. Y'all to looking sharp like Pastor Ray. Like don't give me that Holy Ghost. 90, don't give it to uh, me. Because the Lord been real been good to you. You married now. And, praise uh, God. Your wife got ordained. I remember you was telling me that you camp how you wanted a preaching wife. And you got everything now. You got to do me. I'm glad you put both hands up that time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Get that foot. Come on now. Come on now, Jesus did that for you. And as some of y'all, if you do get a sweat tonight, just remember he sweat before his crucifixion. Tell great drops of sweat came off of his brow so that you could be delivered, so that you could be set free. Come on now. We serve a mighty God. Some of y'all got shoes on you, don't deserve. Just pray in other tongues until you 
talk to me about it. You got shoes on you don't deserve. Come on now. Come on. I have prayed over four hours at times one time. Come on, that Jesus that brought you from up. Uh, and I said, I'm going to take a long separate way. time. Other if you've been from a mighty long way, you ought to give him some praise tonight. Just acknowledge, just acknowledge you're not where you started out at. Come on now. Come on now. He done done a checkup on you from the neck up. You don't even think like you used to think. You used to think poverty. You used to think sickness and disease. But Jesus done done his thing on you. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody's been healed. Somebody's been delivered. The Lord has made a way. If you have children, so you, you have babies, you got to raise them, you got to care for them. It takes time to do that. But you, you can be limited in what tonight. you can let them get involved in. Thank in God life. there's running water. We let our kids do this Irish spring exists in your house. Well, that's not done our tied for your clothes. Some of you can even okay. take them to the cleaners. Moving right along. And Come on, God man. said to me on day 91, so if something happened to your wardrobe tonight, I knew who he was, but I didn't Dedicated know him. Said, get he said, God, I praise you in this coat. Had. I can't wear it no more. I wrote him a letter and told him just what I told you. And I said, please come as soon as possible. Glory be just, to the most you know, high God. The I was glad the when they said unto me, I liked him. He let liked us me. go in there. The air conditioning is not and working, but I'm still going. And I only told come him on now, the prophet came up in here. I said, I'm not a yes, baby. I'm going to run off if you correct me. Boy, you got something in store for us tonight. Have you been blessed through these meetings? To you. Dad, thank you and for I want coming. You to be my overseer. And he said, Well, God already talked to me about you, son. And here's my No, phone I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to preach. I was just thinking and about he says, Cuba. He said, that means I was just thinking about your story in Cuba. That's all I was thinking about. I was just thinking about Cuba because it got hot in here. Some of the saints. If you don't, you know, it either Almost make you mad or help ain't. you grow up. I ain't gonna stay. I ain't gonna stay all night. But anyway, so I did anyway. what I did. But anyway, Hallelujah! I think I'm gonna skip this prophecy. <laughs> thank you we for need to coming. Get on into some things tonight. And all you pastors, thank you for coming. Let's look at First Corinthians seven. Just about distractions here. Just a minute, and then I'm gonna Praise get God. moving in what I want to talk so, to you uh, about tonight. I want to thank There's God just for so all much to say on this realm, but. We've condensed yeah, a lot of things, and I just think tonight will be all very informative ushers, for you. Everybody and, uh, that took and praise I team, like I want to thank y'all. Last night, I and that was the meeting where I didn't feel led to play really hands on people. I really do praise God. Hallelujah! You know, that doesn't happen very often to me anymore. Amen. But I just felt like it I takes did what all I should have done, and you responded well, and we released. It, the and things are turning. It takes us. And I have enjoyed the fellowship with all you pastors. And you know, here's another thing. You can't the look table. at what it looks you know, like and still keep in your faith. You have to, to be believe able it's to turning. sit around the table. Now, I've got three grandsons and one granddaughter, and I was praying for some of the boys, together. and one of them particularly a while back. I Amen. I really one. appreciate and that. And I told, called so my daughter, and I said, I was in the to spirit today praying, and God tells me he's going to turn. People that have a mind so I think for six or eight, ten months, we didn't see anything, but just a little bit of Amen. something. So 
I said, well, it's and Dad, we couldn't have you done it. You just watch and see. I know I got a hold of God on that. He's turning. And he's turning you now the reason. in a more powerful way. Well, there's a there's yeah. a coming together. Now, I wanted to read this to you because it just means a lot it's to me. It's coming together around uh, your verse life. Verse 35, 1 Corinthians 7. Service, Did I tell you that yet? I'm sorry. Around all the impartations. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 35. I want to show you a verse that's spoken so in much our to hearts. me over the years. We would not and this be here I speak tonight by your own prophet without your, your devotion. Own prophet, I'm sorry. Not I'm so that thankful I may cast a snare upon you, for but the that young man which is that answered the that vision. You may attend upon the Lord without Michael, go home. That's talking about more I'm so like thankful for the young man to pray, but that's what I meant a minute ago when I said you can't home, be praying and thinking, to I need parents, to get a ham sandwich. Went after I need God, to go buy a milkshake. I need to go to the, the grocery. Call of God upon his life. And just have, if you don't isolate some time, you've got, well, really, you just, you got time, you just don't know how to manage it very religion. well, a lot of people. Sitting in a organization. When everybody else is signing you up for religion, off, you probably have uh, 50 you hours up for Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. So many so have just, gone just, into that hall see, he was telling and got sucked in. It was something in. for their profit, not P-R-O-P-H-E-T, like me, but for your profit, like that you myself. would learn to attend to the Lord without I come out of there? You know, when I'm in meetings, I'm, in the, I'm Holy in the Ghost, hotel by 2 o'clock. I mean, I might miss 10 minutes or something offered. if I'm in a traffic jam or whoever's driving me. Everybody I else go was, around and watch was TV taking all day and then religion, get up and try to prophesy and minister. But you follow Jesus in your heart. I'm in my room. I'm in there praying or studying or Thank getting quiet. Thank you for starting Church the Father, on the Rock. Asking him, do you need to give me any instructions? I know you prayed, you, know, every night you were praying when I, when I hit the ground in Indiana, when I, when I look at the timeline, you were praying some, about some starting the, the church on the So I've just learned this a long time ago, and I began to put things out of my life. That my was man un, of God was It's not evil, but it's unessential if I'm going to fulfill what God wants me to do. So you, so you don't, so you, you got to realize. And that's true of all of you. You may not be in a Your life is dependent on somebody else being obedient. You've entered into another man's harvest. And I know one thing, you're only going through the earth one time. And then pastoring church on the rock and, and teaching us so excellent. I don't know how I got 72. It seemed like yesterday get. I was rolling on the carpet with my kids, playing with them when they were preschoolers and, and, to be and first graders and stuff. And now my daughter's 42, my son's 34. They're both married, got children. It's just a different life. God into All right. So let that be a part of your thinking ongoingly. In your own and ask God to help you to get rid of any distractions. Than what we are currently Here's another thing. All your friends aren't going to appreciate you being spiritual. One thing we need to what are you thinking? Is your pursuit for what you I only know a handful of people in the planet personally that I think is spiritual. Then you, you sow That's my opinion. You can believe it or not. I, you know, whatever you want to do with it. Right in front of us. You show so, us what you know, I limit my fellowship. To another man, my, God, my life, my ministry. And I know there's a lot of people who love God, but that don't mean they're spiritual. Go to I church, that don't mean you're spiritual. Give some money, that don't mean you're spiritual. All that would contribute to your I spiritual well being, kind of but just that in itself you will give get you over your word. Right. It's as good All right, let's let's get back in it's here. Some things. Now, away, I left you last night. We stopped on the vision I had when the two angels came. And was trying to. And now you walk in the they were sent by God to help me turn something in my Pastor life. Nancy and I told you last night, if you were listening, I was very depressed, very discouraged, husband. very despondent. I was ready to quit the ministry. I don't know how serious we are to get so with honored. you. I mean, I was pretty genuine last night, and still, I don't tell you everything. 
and you are so needed. Not trying to drag you through the mess, but that's the way it was for me. But anyway, and so they got in the car with me. I, I, I said, well, I'm not going to talk to you about it. And they just Kenneth vanished. Hagen, and all of a sudden I thought, well, you know, I wasn't Dr. sure if Summerall, I was relieved or disappointed either way. But Howard I got Carter, in the car and started home, and they appeared Smith in my car. Smith I don't think the people driving by could see them. It's all on the inside of you. You listen? And there's some others, too. Sometimes the Bible teaches that, so in, we're you know, all through the we're book of receiving. Acts. Somebody would have a vision the and man he'd be first. And he said the men with me didn't hear. We're receiving the man first. Book of Daniel 2. Dr. Hatterbaugh is going to write a, he's so already I'm written not, a book. He's impressed now. Love the man. Sometimes I see not the mountain. This lady in the back over here, I forget See, we need to name. love the man because he did whatever it was take you in the to carry the mantle. I saw an angel standing by you and I said, hey, We love the man because he prayed, yeah, he paid he, the he price. It's the price he carried the You don't get a mantle for free. in your chest. And it they began had to knocked down and Target and Walmart. I was on the way home, and Pastor Keith called me and said, you must have called and said it's gotten real small, and you it had been a large uh, growth some of organization. something. And I saw that angel touch her. No, you got to pay a price. She fell out. The cloth lady's down. Oh, my. Just paid a price to rescue, be here tonight rescue. and to call us. And, man, we love you, and we receive your mantle. Talking to you here. Amen. So come on. So we talked about that. We all came forward. We talked about you didn't need to tell me. I didn't need to tell you. But that we're all believing for certain things to turn. Hallelujah. And I, those angels are out there working for us. Now you need to believe that and thank God oh, every day. Thank you other things are turning. Because i got angels working on it. Now, and if he speaks to you to do something different, you need to pay attention to that too. Because he could speak something specific. All right. So I'm going to go move on here. This was 1999 in my church in Indiana and I want to I want to give you a few verses before I start talking because it would sound like uh, do I know what I'm talking about yes I do but I'm going to show you just so you know for sure first Kings 19 turn there with me a minute and I'm going to fill in little blanks for you as we go it was uh, October it was October 31st which is you know, in the secular world, Halloween to us is Hallelujah night, you know, the churches. And anyway, I got $40,000 behind in my church. And so six weeks before that date, I said, I'm going to set a date. And we're going to, I'm going to tell the praise team, I want you to sing about 40 minutes, no longer, no less. And I'm not going to preach to you that night. I'm just going to be with you. And, we're, and the team's going to get up here and praise the Lord. We're going to worship. And we're going to put the buckets up on the the altar and you can just come anytime you want with your children or your mate and come up and pray over it and give and I need your help I need forty thousand dollars to get this caught up so I'm just there praising God with everybody else when this happens but prior to that I'm going to get back to what happened in the meeting prior to that a year or two back I taught all my intercessors on gates and doors and rooms I never taught it to the church they didn't want to pray with me anyway I had 310 people in my church at that time. I asked people in my church, I need your help to pray with me, with me in my presence. I had seven people out of 310. Seven people for seven years. Only seven people in my church would come and pray with me. And, I, of course, I was hardcore back then. I said, you're going to give me two hours or don't show up. You're going to give me an hour, stay home. I don't need you. I need you to come. I'm going to talk to you for an hour and teach you about intercessory prayer. And we're not going to pray for your grandma or your uncle or anybody. We're going to pray about church-related stuff. You do that other stuff yourself. 
Did you really say that? I said a lot of things you don't believe it, I guess. I don't know. You act like you wonder about me. I'm wondering about you. And then when I'd have a picnic at church and have popcorn and pizza, hamburgers, I had 375 people because they brought all their cousins and nephews and they want to eat my food, but they're not going to pray with me. They don't have a heart to pray. They just come for the meal. Carnal, carnal, carnal. We stayed with seven people for seven years. Jumped to 13, we stayed in that mode for four, another five years. I taught them how to pray for 16 years of my life, one night a week for two hours. We taught an hour and we prayed an hour. We didn't pray an hour and a half. I said, I'm going to need you for two hours. Occasionally, I might teach only 40 minutes and pray a little extra. We never went over the time I told them. Some of them said, I still got a burden and take it home with you and pray it out. We're done here. <laughs> Am I making myself clear yet? I'm the head of the prayer meeting, so, and I had 310 people, and I was going to get seven that was willing to do that. It's amazing to me. When we finished, we had about 40 at about the 15th and 16th year. Anyway, getting back to this, this thing we're trying to do. So I taught the intercessors about gates and doors and rooms. There's different rooms in the spirit that you can get into. There's different rooms in the spirit. Even tonight, I don't know if you know this or not, I'm going to help you, Pastor... Pastor Keith's up here talking, and he's the pastor here. He has a room of a pastor. He doesn't have my room. I don't have his room anymore. I'm not a pastor. I have the room of the prophet. It's a different room. It has different, it has different amenities in it. It has a different mantle in it than all these pastors. I'm not better. I'm just different. They're not better than me either. They're different. And we're not all clones of each other. I just say this publicly, all my sons and daughters, they're blessed me when they talk to me about spiritual things. They know a lot of things too and that I don't know sometimes. But I'm just talking to you about rooms. And I want you to understand that when somebody turns the service over to me and lets me come and preach, then I take you into my room. If I don't say it, I'm doing it anyway. But I'm just, I want to show you some scriptures to show you I know what I'm talking about because this happened in this vision. This angel appeared and said, come into your new room. So over here in 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings 19 verse uh, 15, and the Lord said unto him, this was unto Elijah, the senior prophet we might call him, go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus and when you come, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria and uh, Jehu the son of Nimshi shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel-Mahola, you shall anoint to be prophet in thy room. So God had a prophet he was calling, but he had a senior prophet that was already established. He said, bring him into your room because you're going to train him. That's kind of like what Dr. Dufresne did to me. See, I didn't even see all that when I first got connected to him. But as I began to see it, I was a prophet. God called me to be a prophet, and he put me with a prophet. To be schooled, to be mentored. And I'm glad that we did that. And so we're talking about rooms here. And I'm going to get to the point in a minute. Now let's go to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 14. Maybe you already know all this. I don't know. But I think I'm, I can make it pretty clear to you that there is such a thing as different rooms. 
And, you know, like Dr. Dufresne said one time, I go back to the same church as pastors were 10 years ago. They're the same today. That's pretty pathetic. <laughs> or I see somebody I saw 20 years ago, and they're still floundering. And by the way, when I hooked up with Dr. Dufresne, all the pastors I knew back then dumped me. They didn't want to know me anymore. They didn't want to be around me. So I just got over it. I've learned to get over people's weirdness. Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, you know, I, I want to be liked by everybody, but I'm not that insane to think everybody's going to like me. If you're thinking that way, you need mental health. You really do. If you're going to be a spiritual person, you're going to be a misunderstood person. And probably in your own family. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14. I want, to, I want to talk about this a minute. Verse 16. 1 Corinthians 14, 16. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks? See, he don't understand a word you're saying. He don't understand even what's happening. There's a room called the room of the unlearned. And that's what's the problem in our churches sometimes. If other people know a lot more than us, you know, we can only take you so far without overload. Yeah. Jesus said, I can't say some things to you now because it'd choke you. Yeah. So there's a room of the unlearned, but I wouldn't stay in that room if I were you. Amen. You're going to be put back in school. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I'm just talking to you plainly. There's rooms to get into in prayer. There's rooms to get into in the churches. What's got a bite on it? You know what I mean, a bite? Some songs people sing, I'm not accusing this church, but just don't have any bite to it. People are, what do you call it, technically trained. They could sing above everybody else, but there's no bite on them. I don't listen to that stuff. I don't listen to Christian radio. If you like it, fine, but I can't find what I like, so I just listen to select things that I pick out that I want to hear. Yeah, so... But my point is, if you're in the will of God and you're doing what he said, there should be a bite on things. So, and let me show you the danger, though, of what is the room of the unlearned. All you have to do is say, Father, I want to learn more about this. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that spirit realm that I just mentioned, that unseen realm. How do I move in that realm that's invisible to me? Well, you have the whole Bible to teach you. I'm teaching you just a section of it a little bit to show what I'm saying. I got around Dr. Dufresne, and I realized he's in another room. He's not your typical preacher. He's a preacher, but he's not typical. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't like fooling with a lot of stuff. He was just to the point. I like that about him. Some people don't like that about me, that I'm just, I'm not abrupt, but I'm to the point. You know, when somebody's being stupid, I have to say to them, what's wrong with you? Yeah, some of the young people, I've told you that. And I remember one lady, I gave her a word, Dr. Frank gave a word back in the ministry, and she's just as goofy as a $3 bill today. Ran off with a man. Just all kinds of stuff I can tell you. Didn't pay attention. Didn't mean anything to her that I gave her a word as her pastor, and Dr. Dufresne gave her a word as a prophet. Just talking. Do you forfeit all that when you goofball stuff? Unless you're going to be serious and correct yourself. Yeah, thank you for that. I wish somebody would say amen. But now I want you to see what, how God speaks about the room of the unlearned. Look up here at verse 23. 
If therefore the whole church come together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers. So the unlearned people have the same assessment of everything in church as an unbeliever would have. Now that's really sad. There's nothing wrong with all of us praying in tongues if we're having a prayer meeting or if I said, I want you to help me pray a minute. Could you pray in tongues? If you can't pray in tongues, if you can't, just agree with us. How many understand what I just said? Some people take that and make a literal law out of it. Like you can't ever all pray in tongues. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if you have a church service, a lot of people come, they're at all levels. And they don't understand, they, they, they don't like that sometimes. So there's different rooms here. So I taught, I, taught, <laughs> I taught my intercessors about that about two years before this event happened. And the reason I didn't teach the church, they didn't want to pray anyway with me. What's the point in telling them something when they're not even willing to come to learn about it? I'm just right. You can just say that or just let it go. I just know what I'm saying. I'm not mad at them. If you don't want to pray with me, don't pray with me. One person had the gall to say, I don't understand what you teach every, every week about for one hour. And I said, what is wrong with your mind? There's a whole lot you don't know, sister. Anyway. Okay. That's your hug. That's all you're getting right now. Anyway, we're having that night of praise and worship, and we're trying to catch up to church finances. And I'm over here where this guy's at. I'm standing up, you know, like this. There's a, there's a center aisle here beside me. that You don't have a center aisle, so I'll just stand here. And from my back, you can't tell whether I'm awake or not. At the choir or the, the praise team could see my lips moving if I was singing with the song. And sometimes I sing, and sometimes I just get quiet a minute and just worship God internally and as well as lifting my hands. And I'm not thinking anything's going to happen. See, that's another thing that I realized. These things came into my life by God's will. I didn't plan it. I didn't try to make anything happen. I've never asked God to see anything. I never will until I get to heaven. And I won't need to ask then. I just learned that as a younger preacher. What, you know, you ask things that you can't handle. And the Bible says, you know, even the devil can become an angel of light to your believing. You're thinking it's an angel and he's telling you something stupid. It's a demonic creature. Anyway, I'm not hard on you. Just listen to me. I think you can get a little something. And anyway, so I'm standing there like this and all of a sudden I didn't know this was going to. I, shoop, I stepped out of my body. That's weird. And I look back and there's two angels. One's holding this arm, one's holding this arm up. I'm seeing them. They're not seeing. They're just seeing my back. But I'm over here. And I walked about 10 steps and there was a door. And it was dark in the door, inside the doorway, inside the room. There was a, a plate on the ground, like a threshold, I think you call it. And the Lord said, in here, step over that, Michael. I put my foot inside it and it lit up. And there's a big angel here. I mean, he's eight foot tall. He reminded me of the guy, the rock, the Samoan guy. He's not dark skinned like that, but he was built. That's the first angel I see. looked like he'd been lifting weights. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. You know, you, somebody asked me all the time, what did that angel look like? I'm telling you about this one. It was eight feet tall, two feet over my head at least. And he said, Michael, they always call me by my first name, Michael, just like the one did in 83. Okay. He said, and he went like this. Come on in. said, welcome to the new room. And I knew exactly what he meant because I'd already taught all this two years before to the intercessors. 
So it wasn't like, what does he mean by that? No, I knew what he meant. But I looked in there, and everything was covered up with this black cloth like you cover your your keyboard up so dust doesn't get in it. Everything in that room had a, a thing over it, so I couldn't see what it was. And he said, you're going to have to learn to become skillful. This is the angel talking. You're going to have to learn to become skillful with the equipment in this new room. So what do I know? I know I'm going into a new room. I know it's got equipment, and, it's, and what did he say? New equipment. So whatever I got, it's either an upgrade of that that's new to me, or it's totally something added on. Maybe a different twist of stuff. So the next night, the next night, Monday night, that was on a Sunday night, I didn't know, and I didn't tell anybody what I saw that night. It wasn't any of their business. It was between me and the Lord and that angel. You know, people are confused. I try not to confuse them more. Really, I'm serious. When you say things like that, you know, people think you're crazy. You're a kook. I'm not a crazy person. I'm a very stable person. And I can go to hell for lying if I'm not telling you the truth anyway. And uh, so the next day's a Monday. I came to intercessory that night because I'm part of the deal. You know, I go every week, whether they show or not. And most of them were real committed to pray with me, and I thank God for those seven, original seven. And most of those people are still with me today. And they're seasoned people. But anyway, so the next night was intercessory night, and we're in the sanctuary praying. There's probably about... uh, Oh, man, I don't know, maybe 30 of us in there praying. I was leading the prayer meeting because I'm in charge. And not that I don't let them lead in parts. If I ask Donna to take it or Dale or one of my other leaders that I know know how to pray and hear from God in the midst of stuff, then that's fine too. But I was leading, and I said, I feel, I feel compelled to pray for two missionary families we support. One lives in Honduras, one lives in Mexico. The one in Mexico sitting right here at the time, Michael and Elaine Rabel. And I prayed everything I knew in English, and I know a little bit. Binding the devil, pleading the blood, releasing angels, all that things that I'm talking about. And still I knew I didn't hit pay dirt. You know what I mean by that? I'm not hitting the target. So I said to the group, you know, we're just spinning our wheels, aren't we? And they said, yep. So I said, okay, let's just pray in tongues. We're going to pray for the Rabels. That's this couple right here. Raise your hand, Mike and Elaine. They were in Sayula, Mexico at that time. It's a city down there. I've been there many times with them. And so we began to pray in the Holy Ghost. But this time when I close my eyes, I'm praying in tongues. All the intercessors are praying in tongues. And when I close my eyes, I'm in that new room. I don't know how that can happen. I'm just telling you, you could be in two places at the same time sometimes. And the room was full of angels. Not like that first vision of 83, there was thousands, but this about 100 angels were in that room. And I looked, <laughs> this angel over here, I don't know, I didn't count the rows back to him and how many over he was, but he was back over in there. When I looked at him and he looked at me, I knew, just knew down here, he's going to help me. The other can listen, but this guy's going to help me, if you understand what I'm saying. And then, unbeknownst to me, I broke into another tongue, yep. totally different tongue. I'm like I was praying, and all of a something like that. It's totally different. It took about a minute praying like that in that other foreign tongue, and he shot through the wall. I knew he was going to take care of it. 
And, and the intercessors, they're not seeing what I'm seeing. But they all stopped when he left. See, something they were picking that up in the spirit. And so then, so then we began to pray for this other family in Honduras. We prayed everything we could pray in English. Still, just no, it wasn't working. Not like it should. You know, some people just say a little uh, prayer because we care about people, and that's good, but sometimes we don't really get through with it because we're not paying attention like we should. I've just learned some of this the hard way. I'm not an expert in anything, but I'm just telling you what I lived through. This was a long time ago, 1999. But anyway, so again, I said, let's just pray in the Spirit. I know that'll get to us. We'll get help something. And I close my eyes again. I'm, I'm back in that same room. Now, that angel I prayed to here, he's gone. He's on assignment. And over here, I look, and there's one over here, and he looks at me, and I know he's going to help me this time. And I'm still praying in my normal prayer tongue, and I break into some other dialect. Not my regular prayer language, not the language I spoke to that angel in, some other language. And when I, it took about two minutes, and he shot through that wall. And he's on assignment now. And let me show you a verse to go along with this. You know, well, some of these things happen because we were going through revival. And here in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So he does say that sometimes you can speak in the tongues of angels. Now, I know that you say, well, I don't understand it. I don't understand it either. I just lived through it. But I'm going to tell you what happened. I didn't call those men or their wives or anybody. I just let it hang out there because I knew the angels were helping. So Mike Rabel over here, he called me. I think he was the first. But in his home, he's got three boys. They were younger then. Him and Elaine, they're living there. Three, was it three men with guns? Three came to their home and said to Mike, you know, where's your safe? He's going to rob you safe. And Mike started laughing at him. I don't have a safe. I'm a missionary. What are you thinking? <laughs> so he put them all in a room. He didn't take their watches, didn't take their furniture, didn't try to make a pie in the kitchen and run off with it. <laughs> they heard some disturbance outside the home and ran off. Nobody got hurt, nobody got touched, nobody got beat up, nobody got shot. And then within a week or two, the other gentleman, I'm not associated with him anymore, or he's not with me, but anyway, he's a good man of God. He came home one night, he had three children, had a daughter and a son. I think his daughter was maybe 12 then, I don't know exactly, and one of his sons was couple years younger then he had a young girl she was probably three or four and they there was three guys in his home when he opened the door a guy had a gun on him and uh, two kids had got out of the truck with him and he said run kids and they took off and he had an altercation with the guy with the pistol right in his front door and they had his wife and his daughter tied upstairs in a chair and God only knows what they could have done there was two men up there and he got the gun away from the guy he dropped the gun and you know so and so, and he took off down the back way, and these two guys heard all the scuffling, came down the back stairways, and ran away. Nobody got molested, nobody got raped, nobody got hurt, nobody got shot. Coincidence? I don't think so. See, you know, that's the only two we prayed about like that, and we had results. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> 
Now, I haven't done that a lot since then. I've had some things in prayer, but I'm not here teaching on prayer. I'm talking about angels visiting and trying to get something over to me. Now, I'd like to tell you, uh, that was on a Monday. I got the, had the visitation on Sunday night. Monday night we had prayer. I just told you what happened. And Tuesday night, that was, uh, you know, end of November. November went by. December went by. And I'm into January now. And the Lord, I hadn't even talked to him about that room since that Monday. I know you guys are just quick. You just picked on it, got in there, and probably maybe of you would. And I apologize to the Lord for being ne neglecting that. He butted in on me in January in the middle of my prayer time and said, Are you ever going to talk to me about that room, Michael, or just let it flop? Just like that with an attitude. And I started to cry. I said, Father, I'm so sorry. You would visit me and I would just let that go. I don't know what happened to my mind. But I'm on it now. I'm going to pray today. And I'm going to pray every day until you show me the rest of the things that are in that room. And he began to share with me. This is what he said over a period of months. The healing anointing in your right hand will be stronger now because of the new room. Secondly, you're going to have more angelic activity in your life and your ministry. And that's come to pass. And thirdly, he said you're going to increase in finances. And that's come to pass. Okay. I'm going to try to get through this quick, the rest of it. I, just, I didn't think I was going to take this long already. Anyway... <laughs> Dr. Dufresne came to my church every year, but he was there in 2008, and he said, I want to pray for all the preachers. Well, I'm a preacher. I got up there. My wife and I got in a prayer line, too, you know. He came by and hit me in the head, and down I went. Now, I'm just saying this in a generic way. I, I don't resist the anointing. If somebody's anointed and they touch me, I'll fall under that anointing. I'm not embarrassed to say that. I'm not like some people that get in a prayer line. They're like this, <laughs> like I'm going to knock them down. I'm aggressive, but I don't knock people down. Intentionally, I don't. Anyway, I went somewhere. That Dr. Dufresne was in charge of the meeting at that point, and he sat down, him and Pastor Nancy, and my wife was sitting. She got up and went back to her seat. What was that? Anyway, I'm laying there for about 20 or 30 minutes. And this is interesting, too. I'll tell the rest of the story. So... I said to the Lord out loud, you know, Paul, I read part of it to you last night. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot say. I was still Michael. I wasn't in that body laying there anymore. I was in another level of dimension. Because I said to the Lord, I came up out of my body. I said, am I in heaven? He said, no, but pay attention. I'm going to teach you something. Okay. So I'm in some alternate dimension. That's all I can tell you. I wasn't in heaven. But I wasn't in that room. And my, the main thing that I got out of it, a lot of I got out of it, one thing, well, I'll go on and tell the rest of the vision. So he said, going to teach me something. So I'm laying there thinking, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, uh, there's eight angels flew in, four on this side and four on that side of me. They had, on, they had no equipment like uh, axes or bow and arrow or swords. They were in like a chain mall type of outfit like old Roman guys when they fight with a sword look like a chain link fence that's real tight started there went all the way to the ground and they were kneeling facing each other they weren't worshiping me you, know, you should never let an angel worship you that's not a real angel of God and you should never worship them but what happened is they were assigned to me by God that moment and so you know 
I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what's going to happen. He said, you're going to teach me something. And then out of the corner of my left vision over here, there's a little hill, like a little knoll, and up came this gorilla-looking creature, but he had a demonic head on him. He saw me, and man, I mean, he was mad, and he was vicious. And I don't know how he did this. He started towards me. It looked like he took one step, and he, it seemed like he was going 100 miles an hour. And I said, in the, I'm trying to get out in the name of Jesus, I find you. And, and I only got out in the, and this angel here drew, got on his feet. He had a bow and he had arrows on the back and he went, shoo, hit that creature and he just disintegrated. Like the Etch-A-Sketch, the little red boxes, you make your kids make design, they shake it, it's just zero. And I said to the Lord out loud, I'm talking during this vision, this is important, you're going to see what I mean in a minute. I said, you can't kill a demon with an arrow, can you? He said, I'm talking to you about something serious. This angel is assigned to you now because you're coming into the prophet's ministry. And that's the kind of creatures that are going to come after you. And I said back to him, well, you gave me a guardian angel when I was born. And he appeared to me when I was five. That's what you told me later in life. Why do I need him? I'm questioning things. Not arguing. I'm just trying to figure it all out. And he said, that's different. You do have him, but this is a different deal. You saw that creature, what he looked like. And that's the kind of beings that are going to try to come at you because you've been elevated now in the spirit. And he's assigned to take care of stuff like that. Yeah. So 2017 for me was a hard year. And uh, I got to the end of the year and I said, Father, I thank you. I felt like I had a what do you call it, a hit, like, you know, somebody put a hit on somebody. I felt like I was on the, the devil's most wanted list that year, and I felt like I had two times in that year that I felt like something was imminent, but it never came. And I got to the end of the year, and I said, Father, I want to thank you for delivering me from those two events. He said, Michael, there were six events. And he said, I said, and the angel from 208, yeah, he took care of all of it. I felt not very spiritual when he said there was six, not two. But still, I'll take it. <laughs> Learn to get what you can get. And then if you need to get rebuked, you can get rebuked, you know. But I don't know everything. But this is the thing. After I finally got up, and I didn't say anything to Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy. Doctor knew something happened to me dramatically. I went back and ate with them. We all got in my car, Pastor Nancy, Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Diane, and me. And when the door shut, Dad said, what would you see, Michael? I and I told him the whole story. I just told you. And he, I said, if you think I'm crazy, just tell me and I'll forget it. I don't think you're crazy at all. I think these angels, because they, they, they came to you because they're committed to you now, these eight. And he said, you only know what one does. And I said, yeah, he defended me. And I was so thrilled because I couldn't move. I was, I don't know. He, see, the Lord said, I want to teach you something. So he taught me something. And I told doctor, and he said, oh, that's God. And just release all eight of them every day, and you'll know after. And I know I have one that's aviation now. He helps me with my charter flights and things like that. Yeah. I could use some help, too, in my aviation if you want to help me. I didn't talk about partnership. You can go to the table and figure that out if you'd like to be a part of that. But anyway, I'm not here to talk about that, really talking about this and when I got along with Diana we dropped doctor off at the hotel him and pastor Nancy 
And I said to her, you mean you didn't see me talking? You didn't hear anything out of me when I'm laying? You looked like you were asleep. Your mouth never said anything. You were, eyes were closed. Your mouth was shut. You did, I didn't, nothing came out of you. So then what did I know? I was in another dimension. Because if that would have been true, you know, how could I have talked and her not heard me? Okay. Anyway, it's interesting. Praise the Lord. And then about six weeks later, I was getting my clothes on to come to work, tying my shoes, and in came two of these angels. And I said, well, you're, and they finished my sentence. Yeah, we're two of the eight. We came to talk to you about what our part is with you. I said, well, stay on. That we're, our part is when you're in the healing anointing, that healing anointing on you now, we will help restore and repair people's bodies. I said, praise God. Anything else? Nope. And then they vanished. They just came to tell me what their part was. And the others came little by little. The aviation angel, one to resurrection life. I haven't had him operate with me that I know of yet. Now, maybe he did and I didn't understand it or know it fully. Just talking to you here. Yeah, so now then there's two other things here I wanted to mention to you, and then I think I'm going to pray for people here. I know I'm going to pray for people. Uh, getting anything out of this? I went to Pastor Cowan. You know, he's in this city, Nashville, and he said to me, called me and said, would you come do um, maybe some teaching in my church? I want you to come do a Sunday morning. I said, well, you got any ideas what you think I should talk about? He said, well, I'm going to. Uh, I would like it geared towards uh, continue the vision. So I said, you mean like you need money to do that? He said, well, of course. I said, well, I, could, I got a teaching I do on angels and money. Would that be appropriate? Sure. So I said, praise God. <laughs> so this happened to me two times, once here in Nashville. And I preached from the pulpit. He had, I don't know how many people were there that day. I would guess maybe a 1,000. And uh, I'm not sure uh, my wife was with me. And while I'm preaching, these angels kept coming into the building, and they went up to the ceiling. And by the time I got done preaching, ready to release my faith with the people for their giving, they were all assembled in the roof. And I told them, I said, angels are here, and they're going to help you. As you sow seed today to help continue the vision, God is going to send angels. They're here, and I'm going to release them. That's why they're here. To help you financially do your part to help the pastor fulfill the vision so when I prayed and I released them then they all just vanished they just went out to do what we asked them to do and then one other time and I'll tell you something more about that meeting here let me just finish this first uh, and then that the anointing hit me for healing in, in brother Cowan's church and I said if you have anything wrong with you um, I think I said bones or something and tumors. I don't remember what I said. But anyway, my wife was on the platform. She said I prayed for, she thought 300 people. I don't know, but I didn't stop and talk to anybody. I just hit them in the head. You know, hit them in the, I touched them on the head. Okay. <laughs> so be healed, be healed. Okay. And I just, I practically running. I mean, that's a lot of people to pray for, anybody. Uh, and so, and then I went to the green room when I got done. I washed my hands. Uh, and then I came out, and my two drivers, they had two drivers assigned to take us to, they were, I think we were staying at the Lowe's. I think that's where he put me, because he found out from you I like that or something. Anyway, these two drivers, they, they were standing there with this lady in between them in the green room when I came out of the bathroom, 
And they said, Dr. Jacobs, this lady got in your prayer line. Did you see her? And I said, I don't remember seeing her at all. And this is what they did. One of the drivers said, I want to show you how she was coming up to you to get prayed for. Said rheumatoid arthritis. And she said, I can run now. I said, run, lady, run. I'm going to run with you. And we ran around in the green room. Legs were normal. Hallelujah. I think maybe those couple angels that healed and repair, I think they were involved in some of that. Yeah. And then, then at night, I preached in his leadership school that night on spiritual fathers. And uh, we went back to eat a meal, and he, Pastor Cowan brought this lady to me. I don't remember her name either. She had dreadlocks, and she said, Dr. Jacobs, I want to show you something. So I thought, well, okay. She grabbed her hair like that. It was real long. She pulled it to the side. Give me your hand. Feel my neck. I said, well, it feels just like mine. What's the matter with it? You don't understand. I had a bone spur that protruded my thumb joint that much out of the back of my neck. It was extremely painful. If you ever had a bone spur, you'd know what I meant. And she said, you prayed for me in the line. By the time I got to my seat, it had left. <laughs> Woo! I'll tell these other two real quick. So then, then it happened to my church. I think that was 2009. The Lord told me earlier in the fall, he said, when you come in some Sunday morning to preach, the ceiling will be filled with angels. Get up and tell the people what you did down at the Cowan's church and release them to help the people have the finances to fulfill the vision here. So we did that. And many miracles came out of that too, you know, financial miracles and things like that. Then I'm going to tell this last one real quick. Now you say, well, that only happened one time in two churches. Yeah, but it happened. I'm not batting a thousand, but I'm not batting zero. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Dr. Dufresne, I went to Mexico with him a while back. I've been to a lot of countries with him, too, as well as with countries I went to myself. And I was in Mexico with him, and he asked me to preach that night. So, guess what I preached on? Angels, of course. And there's two of them, they come quite often. Well, maybe I shouldn't say it like that. I don't mean to sound casual, but they've come a lot of different places on the planet and appeared in my motel room with me. And you know what they've said many times? We're still glad you're teaching about us. Keep teaching. People are getting it. People are getting it. Keep teaching. And so doctor had asked me to preach that tonight, and I said, I'm glad to see you guys. I'm, I, I'm sounding real casual about it, but I'm not meaning that in disrespect. These are all holy things. But I'm just more used to that than the average Joe, probably. And I said, thanks for coming. I'm going to need you tonight. Yeah, we know. That's why we're here. I said, good. So I finished getting dressed, and they're with me. I didn't tell anybody they're with me. I went upstairs to the top um, floor. They had a little lounge area, you know, where you can get nuts or a Pepsi or a cup of coffee. And the doors open, and there was Dr. Dufresne and about six other preachers. And Dad looked at me, and he goes, who's your friends with you? I said, they came downstairs. They're going to stick with me tonight. What kind of man was Dr. Dufresne? Six other preachers sitting there. Nobody said that. He discerned they were with me. He was something else. All right. Does that help you a little bit? I want you all to stand up, please.